The Finn and Mark Show, recorded live at FNM Studios, Dublin, Ireland. Listened to by you at some later indeterminate date on your favorite podcast app with your so called smartphone. <sighs> I can't believe I'm being paid to say this shit. Welcome to the Finn and Mark Show with your hosts, Finn and Mark. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 28 of the Finn and Mark Show. Um... Thank you so much for uh, for downloading or streaming this podcast episode. Uh, I'm Mark, and as as has been the case for the last few weeks, Mr. Finn is busy at Crash. Um, his his life is too busy uh, to be involved in this podcast at the moment, unfortunately. But hopefully, um, hopefully he'll be back again really soon, folks. What I want to talk about today is um, the fact that. Well, actually, so first of all, there's an update. I don't know if you guys remember, any of you long-term uh, listeners will remember a, you might remember a guy called Andrew Cody. And uh, this guy, this strange guy, um, sent us a few different messages. And he was talking about, um, so he he's so he first of all appeared to be like a regular listener. And then he started sending us messages about his theories, about the fact that he had a theory, but he didn't tell us what it was, about um, COVID-19 and all the mad stuff that's happened all around the world this year because of COVID-19 and all the suffering and all that stuff and all the politics. And um, so then we, a few, uh, a little while back, maybe a month or two back, we got a note through the letterbox of our door now today's the main thing about today's episode is it's all about the fact that we have moved house. Um, we were renting an apartment um, for several years, and we bought our house um, a couple of months back, and um, just a month or two ago actually. Um, but before we moved, while we were still in the apartment, we got this note from Andrew Cody. And it basically, I mean, I can't even remember what he said. I think I said at the time on the podcast, I think I read, out, I read out the note. But the real revelation about the note was that Andrew Cody knows exactly where we live. Now, that wouldn't bother me so much if I wasn't living with my wife and with our little toddler son. Um, because this Andrew Cody guy just seems a little bit weird. He's... He's, uh, he's a bit strange. I don't care if he hears me saying this in this podcast. I know he'll be listening to this episode. I think maybe he knows he's a bit strange. Um, but anyway, just to update you on, on Mr. Cody, um, he has sent a new message. He doesn't appear to know where we are now, where we live now, but uh, thank God. But he did, but he, but he is still in touch by email. And he did send a message. And his message is that he, he, he's finally decided to reveal to us, to me, to Finn, to uh, to my wife, to pod, to the listeners of this podcast, what his wacky theory is about COVID nineteen. Now, don't laugh too loud when I when I read this out to you. It's it's a bit silly, and um, but I just wanted to share it with you just for some comedy value, and uh, hopefully when he sees uh, how we react to his crazy theory, maybe Andrew will just uh, fuck off. 
So Andrew has decided that um, through all his research and research in inverted commas, uh, Googling for 20 seconds um, and Wikipedia for 20 minutes, something like that probably, um, that it was a country which created the, the COVID-19, uh, which created the coronavirus. Um, it wasn't, apparently, according to him, it wasn't created physically inside this country, but it was funded and instigated by this particular country that I'm about to mention. Um, he says that um, all the stupid idiots, his words, not mine, all the stupid idiots who think that it was China uh, are stupid. Okay, so he used the word stupid twice in a sentence there. I think that's more of a reflection on who he is than anybody else. But anyway, uh, so obviously you know, a lot of people would be aware that the that the virus originated in China. Most of us are pretty clear on the fact that it's um, it's to do with hygiene standards um, in the in in the wild animal markets. That's the reason why this is a problem. Um, but I know that some people believe that the Chinese invented this uh, virus intentionally uh, to mess with the world. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't think that's true, but I mean, I'm no expert. I don't have information. So I guess there's a, there's a, there's a chance it's true, but I'm definitely not um, propagating any um, conspiracy theories like that without, without evidence, without good evidence. Um, but Andrew Cody, Mr. Co Mr. Cody believes that COVID-19 created or caused by the coronavirus um, first discovered in Wuhan, China um, at the, toward, I think it was towards the end. Yeah, well, it was definitely towards the end of last year, but there's some reports that it was actually, it was around much earlier than that, maybe the middle of last year uh, when it first actually appeared. Anyway, um, here it is. So the country which created coronavirus and has messed up the world for the last year is drumroll Vatican City the Vatican so Andrew Cody believes that the Vatican the home of the Catholic Church um, that they are behind coronavirus and his logic now I don't know <laughs> I just don't know how he came to this conclusion, but his logic is that um, when humans go through particularly traumatic times, and of course there are some wars happening in the world right now. There isn't a world war, thank God, but there are some wars happening. Um, but for all the people who aren't in those war-torn areas, um, the Vatican wanted to create something which would have a ripple effect and would affect almost everybody in the world. Uh, regardless of whether they are in a war-torn zone or not. Um, it wasn't in their interests, according to Andrew Cody, to start a war, because whatever, I don't know why, uh, but it was in their interests to start a, um, a pandemic, which, according to Andrew Cody, would, um, their motivation is that it would drive people back to the church and return the church their power that they've lost through all the pedophile scandals and all the corruption scandals with the Vatican Bank and all that all that crap so folks take what you want from that <laughs> it's an interesting theory i don't think it holds much weight um but there you go um so let's get on to the main part of the show and 
We are here today to talk about um, what I mentioned just briefly at the beginning there. My wife and Finn and I, we, um, we were living in an apartment, well, my wife and I, for over four years. It was a pretty small apartment. It was a nice apartment and we had a really, really decent landlord um, and it was in a good area. Um, but it was quite a small apartment. And it was it was just about okay before Finn arrived, but after Finn arrived, whew, <laughs> there was just no, it was nowhere near enough space. Um, and it's mostly just because of all the stuff that you have to get when you have a baby, you know, the cot and all the toys and all the clothes and all the baby medicine and all that stuff. It takes up space, even if you're being quite neat and minimalist about it, which we've always tried to be. Um, the apartment was just a bit too small. So anyway, we started looking, it was, it was over a year ago, we started looking for a place. And we started talking to a broker about a year ago, a mortgage broker, um, great guy um, out in uh, Dublin 4. And um, we applied for the mortgage and it took about five or six months, but the bank finally gave us approval. Um, first week in February. Now, if anyone remembers what happened with the pandemic, at least in Ireland, the first lockdown began second week in February. I think it was the 12th. I could be wrong, but it was about that and um, lasted four to five months. So <laughs> so we actually were kind of going ahead of the, the game and we, and we did view like a whole bunch of places, maybe like 12 or more different apartments and houses. Um, before we even had the mortgage approval um, because we suspected it was coming soon. So we just, we viewed a lot of places, none of them were right, but we did learn a lot. And that's something that I'd say to anybody who's looking to buy a house. Um, and it's something my parents always said to me as well. And even when renting, when looking to rent, see as many places as you can. Because most of the time, you know, when you're living your daily life, when you're like, when you're not looking for a place to live in, when you just are living in a place, you're not given much thought to, to, uh, to apartments or houses. You're just thinking about your own apartment or house. So your mind isn't really giving it much thought. So when, but when you're actually in the, in the hunting mode of actually finding the right place, that's when you're actually paying attention and you're going and looking at places and you're seeing what you like and what you don't like, and you're realizing things that you like and things that you don't like. So we were fairly well educated by the time the lockdown happened. And it was very frustrating because as Finn grew during those four or five months, um, uh, well, the crash was closed, so we were stuck inside the, the very small apartment. My wife was working from home. I was working from home to some extent. I was doing a lot of, uh, spending a lot of time with Finn. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was very tricky. Um, when the lockdown, when the lockdown lifted, I remember we 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 went and looked at as many places as we could immediately because the so these aid agents weren't showing anywhere during the lockdown. It just wasn't safe to do that, so we just looked at another load of places right away. Um, and we, when we saw the place that we wanted, we knew it pretty much right away. At least, well, I know my wife was very quick at it. She, while we were there on the first visit to the place, she knew. It was the right place. I needed a still a little bit more, a couple of days to filter through and just think about it. But we were both pretty clear that this was the right place. Um, 
the process of making our first offer. So we made our first offer within a day or two of viewing the place. Uh, the process from making our first offer to the vendors of the house to actually obtaining the keys, it was about two months. I think it was, or maybe it was 10 weeks. It might have been a bit more than two months, about, about 10 weeks. It was painful. It was drawn out. It was very tense. We were stuck in that, um, stuck in the um, um, in the apartment, worrying about things like uh, like the pandemic. You know, um, studies were done over the the course of the first lockdown over the course of say February to July 2020, and they found that millennials who had children, and even more so, female millennials with children, were the most stressed out people from. Uh, from COVID-19. They were the people who were the most stressed out. I guess when you have a child, even though um, for, like after after a month or so, I think the media were saying, okay, children are not the high risk that we were concerned they might be. It's older people are more of a risk. But still, when you have a child, you know, you have a one-year-old, it's, you worry about them. And even if they aren't in the high risk category for something like this, you know, they're so they're so vulnerable. They're so reliant on you. Um, you just you are going to be more stressed and we absolutely were stressed the hell out of it <laughs> the hell out of it I know I didn't really mention it during during the podcast episodes there during the summer I suppose I wanted to talk about something different cover something different so I didn't really linger on it I also didn't really speak much about the um, about any part of the house hunting really um, until now because I just wanted to get my thoughts together you know um, so finally in early September we got the keys and um, now, it's been great. It's been great moving into our new place. It's been lovely. It's been, I mean, house moving is stressful. Even though you're you're elated about the fact that you're moving house and it's great, it's it, it is stressful because there's so many things to keep to keep in the front of your mind to remember to do, to not forget, to not mess up, to to do correctly. So it's not all been, um, it's not been all butterflies and cocaine, you know. There's been lots to do. There's uh, one of the things um, that was that was particularly painful was dealing with a company called Air. Um, for anyone who lives in Ireland, um, many of you will be familiar with the pain of dealing with this company. So the company used to be called, a long time ago, Telecom Erin, and they were the national telephone company. So they managed all the telephone lines and printed the telephone books. Then they became Aircom, which I guess sounds cooler. Uh, that was probably maybe that was around the time when they went private or soon before they went private and um, then they became they shortened down to air then so just e i or which um is irish and um so i had to move my i had my my mobile um contract with them my smartphone contract with them and also our broadband contract with them and i had to move both um, i had to move the broadband because well it had expired and i wanted to change company because their customer care is absolutely it's it's famously bad if you look it up if you if you look up uh, air customer care so ei or customer care you're going to get some interesting stories uh if you look that up online so basically we had to move to broadband because the customer curve was crappy and we were moving to a new place anyway so fresh start blah 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 and i had to move the the uh, the mobile connection because here's what happened with the mobile connection my <laughs> so i had a direct debit set up to pay the mobile so i think it was like 30 euro a month 
for infinite calls, infinite, infinite texts, infinite data. And I had a um, direct debit set up, so I didn't need to think about it. I just it just took automatically from my account. Then, you know the way if you have a credit card, it expires after a certain amount of time. So it might be valid for like three or four years. And then what happens is you get sent a new card by your bank and the card number is still the same. And I think the CVV number is still the same, but the possibly, but the expiry date is definitely different. So it's got a new expiry date, three or four years in the future. So that's what happened to me. I got a new card and there was absolutely no way to change the details with air so that they could continue to take a direct debit their website no their app no they're phoning them there was no way to get through to them they literally weren't answering their phone for most of this year for most of 2020 in my experience um and and many others in fairness um there was uh they, they were they were directing people to customer care on facebook like what a crummy, tacky, tacky service to say we can only contact us through Facebook, through tacky Facebook. Um, possibly they were offering Twitter too. So I don't have a Twitter account these days. I still begrudgingly have a Facebook account, which I log into about once a year. So I went onto Facebook and the woman there said, oh yeah, just download the app and you'll be able to change uh, your direct activity. Does bullshit. Download the app. Absolutely no option to change them. So eventually, I just, in desperation, I remember I went into a shop. I went into an air, because they have these uh, retail shops, and they're actually run by a third party, but they're, you know, they'd be in close contact with air, obviously. And they sell their phones, and they sell the broadband packages and everything. And I went into one of those shops in desperation, knowing that these guys are not trained in customer care, but there was just no other way to contact air to try to update the payment details. And the manager was almost in tears. He was like, he was so, he was tears of frustration. He was so frustrated with dealing with Air, who is the company that his company works with, because he's a third-party retailer for them. So, <laughs> so it really, it really, um, it was a struggle. I ended up having to go to the to the national uh, communications regulator, they're called Comreg here in Ireland, and explaining the situation to them. And they were actually brilliant. I mean, they're a bit. It takes. It's a little bit of a slow process. It took a couple of weeks, but once that couple of weeks were up. I actually got a phone call from Air on a Saturday morning and the first words out of their mouth were, well, first of all, they were like, "Is it? are you okay to talk? Because we realize it's Saturday. And after that, it was, we cannot apologize enough for how we've treated you over the last few months. And that was because of Comreg. So if you ever have trouble with Air or any other, if you're based in Ireland, with Air or any other communications network, Comreg is the way to go. They are amazing. Anyway, enough waffle about that. Um, so basically, yeah, escaping air in terms of the mobile service and the broadband service, that was that added a lot of extra stress to the situation. Um, so thank fuck we no longer have to deal with that dumpster fire of a service provider. Um, <laughs> but that was only one part. You know, there was so much to it. And then doing all this with COVID, I mean, it was we managed to get the thing done so from when we so we made the offer very quickly after the lockdown ended and we got the keys about three weeks before the next lockdown began so we got the so those two months that it took from making the offer to getting the keys were in between the two lockdowns here in Ireland and thank god for that because lockdowns complicate things as I'm sure everybody is aware they're necessary um 
it's very sad that some people don't adhere to them uh, because that just prolongs the whole thing for everybody um they're a pain in the ass but they are necessary um so we were juggling all this all this stuff while the crashes were closed minding entertaining feeding changing fin um it wasn't easy it was not it was not easy but you know we're really happy we've we bought our first home and we we have a garden i haven't had a garden well not really i haven't really had a garden since uh since my my childhood home where i grew up with my parents um we're kind of in the mountains we've got this amazing view of a mountain from our kitchen uh and the kitchen looks out over the back garden and they both look out over the mountain and it is just epic it's just it's it's so cool um we have a teeny little garden at the front right beside where the car is parked uh, we have a shed and um one thing we have that we're both really that my wife and i are both really focused on is that is to be kind of is to make some effort to be minimalist so we're not like hardcore minimalists uh, when you have a child that's very difficult but um i mean i think it's difficult anyway right but but for us um the challenge of keeping things simple is a challenge that we like we had we had no choice but to have but to live in a really cluttered environment when we were living in the apartment um since we moved in here yes we've bought some stuff like i had to buy a lawnmower we had to buy a vacuum cleaner um and a few other things like that a few items of furniture um office chair stuff like that but by and large we've kept this place pretty clutter pretty clutter free our living room has Finn's toys in one corner. It has a sofa in another corner and a small IKEA coffee table in front of the sofa. And that's basically it. And it's a it's probably the biggest it is the biggest room in the house, the living room. It's it's pretty spacious. So there's loads of room that just has nothing, loads of space that just has nothing on it and we love that. It's just it feels like it's like a breath of fresh air. It's so good for our brains to just <laughs> to just have that. Um folks, before I wrap it up today, I just want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. Um your host Mark is very tired. It's been it's now been a few months. I know I know um we had a bit of a breakthrough with using lavender with helping Finn go to sleep and therefore we were getting better sleep, but that really only lasted a few days and then he just got used to it. Um so we've had a few months now of of Finn not sleeping great we have had a couple of good nights where he slept the whole way through or just woke up once for half an hour i mean just once for half an hour that's nothing that's so easy to to manage if that if that if it was that way all the time that'd be that'd be very very manageable but it's two to three hours every night for for months now and so we are quite run down quite exhausted but we're happy and finn is happy most importantly so so life is good life is good um folks thank you so much um what we might do is in the next episode we might cover uh, a little bit more um about uh, about moving into the new place um we'll see how it goes um, i'm quite tired so I, my focus is pretty bad so if we don't cover that we might cover something else but i hope you join us uh, for the next episode so folks thanks for listening to episode 28 of the finn and mark show and we will catch up with you next week all right Talk soon.